Hey guys, welcome to West Town Weekly. We are so happy you're joining us for our podcast this week. This is David. And I'm Caleb. And we are so excited that you are joining in with us today. We are covering the last or the second to last, second to last yep. week of the series, A New Way to Be Human. Yep. Uh, and we're working through the book of Ephesians. Um, they're, they're, this upcoming week will be the last week, and uh, that will be the armor of God, which I accidentally got messed up with the children's ministry. Ah, I so did you arm- skipped ahead. <laughs> I skipped ahead. I did the kiddos armor- are getting ahead of everybody yes. else. I did armor of God last week, and I will be doing submission to one be sum- submit to one another this week. Yeah, because I somehow my videos got <sighs> swapped up and. Uh, and I didn't realize that until today, until I listened to your sermon today. <laughs> so, so there's that. Well, if you want to know something funny about not realizing things, I didn't realize this week that Skip, who led worship, had decided to split the songs two and two instead of three and one. So we were sitting there in the ser- and, and it, I should have just looked before, you know, yeah. generally I do, but we, we kind of have a rhythm to things and I like mixing things up, but... Uh, Second song ended, and Skip's like, all right, everybody sit down. I had nothing ready. I was not ready at all. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so it happens. Panic. Yeah, you know, sheer panic. Sheer... I was like, oh, I guess it's me. So uh, you were, you, you talked about Ephesians 4, 5? Yeah, Ephesians f- 5. five. Yeah, 5 and a little bit of 6. And, and about, mostly about the sub- being submissive to one another. And that, yeah. that was the main uh, that was the main point of your sermon, um, and uh, that I, I thought you did a really good job. What, Thanks. What, what did you come out with this sermon? Like when you came, what did you come out with it after you had prepared it, and what were you thinking with it? And, yeah, I mean, it's obviously some difficult stuff, um, and uh, I think the whole idea of submission in general, you know, you remove it from these these contextual conversations, I think you just talk about the idea of submission in general, we don't do a very good job with that. Um, you know, none of us, really. And, and part of that is, you know, modern modern world, we're very concerned with our individual autonomy and that sort of thing. And, and we're sort of taught to put that above all else. And while we're certainly grateful for those things, um, it does sort of seem very counterintuitive to talk about, you know, using your freedom as a way to submit to others. Um, and so it was hard. And I, and I wanted to deal with some of these passages really carefully because, you know, the idea of, of submission in marriage is is difficult. And, and, and sometimes I think we ask the wrong questions of that text. And I feel like that text has been used in some 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 good ways and some not good ways. And so trying to, you know, be careful with all of that. Uh, I mean, even we didn't have a lot of time to talk about this, but, you know, the conversation around slavery, like that's difficult. There's there's a lot of things in this passage uh, that really warrant a greater discussion than what a, a 35-minute sermon can bring. And and I, when I say discussion, I really mean that, a conversation. Uh, you know, these things are, are worth more than just a 35-minute monologue. You know, it really, really is something that can be worked out in conversation and in community. So, but I just, I wanted to walk through these things carefully and uh, hopefully get to the heart of all of it, which, you know, I believe is just the call to put others above ourselves, no matter what, you know, kind of relationship it is. Yeah. Uh, my, one of my favorite lines is, is that you had talked about was 
so often our relation or when we're thinking about relationships and submitting so many times it's the idea of what can I get out of it yeah. um, and and uh, that that goes with relationships with your spouse with um, with your co-workers with uh, your church yep. family with uh, with God yep uh, it that that just covers there are so many things where it's like man what what can I get out of it and uh, and I think that's probably a lot of the pro- probably one of the problems with a lot of people's faith when there's people who are struggling with their faith is because they're at, or don't understand Christianity is because they're asking the question what can I get out of God yeah or what can I get out of this whether it's uh, whether it's healing whether it's riches yeah whether it's whatever it is it's a question of like man what can I get out of God what does God owe me yeah and if that's your question going into it that's you're just you've got your whole yeah. You've got everything twisted. You're setting yourself up for a lot of disappointment. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. And um, and when we when we're able just to be submissive to God, one what I I wrote down. Uh, there's a line by Rich Mullins uh, when he's talking, singing, singing in the song "Hold Me, Jesus." We don't uh-huh. know Rich Mullins. He's uh, he's one of the architects of Christian music. Huge for worship. Big had a big impact on Christian music. He, He's probably my cousin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Somewhere along the way. Yeah. Uh, I'm just kidding. I don't know is that. He, is, he in, is he from... Can, from I'm not sure where he's originally okay. from, but I know there's a bunch of us all around that area, you know, yep. all, the, all through that, like, Virginia it. to Kentucky, Ohio. Yeah. Any, Somewhere down the line. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and... It's a uh, whole slew of us. Probably so. But he was awesome. Uh he passed away in like I think 1999. Anyways, uh, he had a song. It's called "Hold Me, Jesus," and uh, he and one of my favorite lines in all of this is because it resonates with me so hard. Is he says, "I'd rather fight you for something I don't really want than uh, take what you give that I need." Yeah, and it's man, it's such a beautiful line because it's like I, going along with this is like, what do I need? I need to be submissive to God. I just need to give everything I have to God. I need yeah. to give him my problems. I need to give him uh, everything. But so often I'm fighting him uh, with with grace. It's like, well, you, you, I have to do something to earn this, God. Or, uh, or I'm going to do something that maybe God will want to pay me back or, yeah. or whatever. And it's like, no, it's just submission. And it's just saying... Yes, this is a gift, and uh, and you just have to be submissive and say, I don't understand this completely, but God has rescued me. Yeah. Um, and and as I was listening to the sermon, as I was thinking about it, for some reason that stuck out to me, because even not giving yourself grace is not being submissive to what God is giving you, right. if, that yep. makes, if, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, but what can I get out of it? And that's, you you said it's kind of the, we live, we live in a culture uh, where it's, where it's very much um, freedom, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know what, how else to describe Individual, it. Individualism. individualism. Yeah. yeah, that's a perfect way of saying it. Individualism. Everything is individualism and freedom and almost... 
almost encouraged just to be thinking about yourself. Yeah. Uh, like that's a virtue for an American mm-hmm. life. And while I love freedom, I'm, <laughs> I, right. I, I love the freedom that we have in America. I love, uh, I, I am very thankful I live here. Um, there, that is something with me that I have to, that I have to battle with right. is, is caring about others above myself. It's one of those things that's like, it, it I think there are a lot of things in our life that serve as both blessings and curses. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to look at the, the light and the shadow side of everything, yeah. even good things. Uh, you know, thankfully we live in a, in a society, in a country where we have very many individual freedoms. And that was, you know, one of the, if not the primary, you know, founding, you know, uh, principle mm-hmm. of uh, the American life was this, you know, this individual expression and the right of the individual. I mean, that's a, that's a wonderful thing. And uh, I believe it's something that, you know, that, that allows humans to flourish. We got to watch it on the other side too, where that doesn't become our primary motivator for everything. Uh, Because a lot of times when it comes to following Jesus, it's about laying that down. Yeah. Yeah. And George said it, he was saying it the other day when you, uh, I, I think I tend to agree with this is the American system is works well, and it has worked well in the past because it was you had a lot of Christians who were doing this, where mm-hmm. it was laying yourself down for other people. Mm-hmm. And the further we get away from people being part of just a a faith culture, like mm-hmm. where it's that's just part of of culture is mm-hmm. is faith. The further you get away from that, the more uh, the the worse it is for the total group of people yeah. uh, because selfishness and greed can come mm-hmm. in pretty pretty quickly when you're not thinking of others or when it's all becomes about me. Yeah, exactly. And, and there's a great temptation for the church to sort of fall into that mindset as well. And, yeah. and I, I, there's a lot of people, you know, that will sort of baptize that kind of motivation with Christian language yeah. <laughs> and twist it. And it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Let's, let's back up just a second. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it's something, you know, it's one of those things last week that we talked about where all Satan needs is that one little foothold and, uh, you know, something that, you know, can be very good can quickly be turned into something that leads us away yeah. from God. Yeah. Uh, so very, very interesting. Uh, you used you used a few examples um, of, of times where Jesus humbled himself mm-hmm. uh, and... Um, and who, out of anybody, I mean, he spent his whole life being humbled. Yeah. Uh, he, from the moment he was born in a, in in a feeding trough. Yeah. Uh, you know he, um, you know, the the idea that he he didn't just cling on to being God. He came down. He humbled himself mm-hmm. to save us. It wasn't yeah. something he felt like he just had to cling on. He humbled himself to come down. Uh, to be among us and wasn't born to kings. He was mm-hmm. born to, to in a as humble of a situation mm-hmm. as you can as you can get, and uh, he was whether everybody else knew it or not, he was a fatherless child. And at the very right. at the very least, at the very least, out of, created out of wedlock is right. what a lot of people would have thought. Right. And yeah, sure, a, Mary. Yeah, yeah sure, sure, Joseph. Yeah, uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, sure, the Holy Spirit. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. And, and how many people did they even tell that? 
Right. I, exactly. Like, right. I don't, I don't even know how many people they told that, but when you're talking when you're talking about those things, it says over and over, Mary pondered these things in her mm-hmm. heart. Yeah. And stored them in her heart. It doesn't say Mary went around and told everybody. Right. It's yeah. the same thing when he went to the temple. Yeah. You know, it's like she pondered she pondered these things in her heart. She held these closely to herself. Was she telling right. a bunch yeah. of people uh and that and what did she say to Jesus? Your father and I were scared. Yeah. And it's like and he's like, that's not my father. Yeah. I didn't even know I'd be here with my yeah. father. Yeah. And it's like just a uh, complete humbleness of who It's a very, it's a very crazy scenario. Like, I don't think that we give it enough. I don't, I really don't think that we give it enough thought. You're in the first century AD. I mean, I'm not going to use the word, but. This is a family-friendly yes. podcast. But you know the word for a fatherless child. Yes. That was probably being thrown around. Yeah. Mary, pregnant before she gets married. Yep. Well, no, it's probably not Joseph's. And he lives He lives in relative obscurity. I mean, he, he does live in obscurity. It's not yeah. even relative. Yeah. He, just, he just lives his life as Carpenter's kid growing up, you know, for 30 years. He just he just lives his life. Yep. And to me it's like how incredibly humbling is that to know and again we we have questions about like well how much of you know we knew Jesus knew that 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 God was his father but you know still like kind of how much of his own identity did he need to grow into and learn and that sort of thing but it's like he still has an awareness that he came from God yeah. as he's growing up and it's like for him to be able to humble himself and and to live in obscurity for 30 years it's like man what what, uh, what a humble you can't Lord be we serve. Yeah, it can't be. You know, it says he's he's lowly, and it's and it's the whole idea is like, man, he's just he has humbled himself below anybody else. He washes feet. Uh, the example you gave is the adulterous woman. Yeah, who the woman who was caught caught in adultery, um, and uh, how most. Most men to even, I mean, even talk to a woman. Yeah. In that situation is, is forbidden. Right. And uh, and not only does he talk to her, he forgives her sins, mm-hmm. and uh, which is incredible. And also interesting when you're talking about the submission to one another. Yeah. Because this the Pharisees, and I don't, I don't, I can't remember if you had said this, the Pharisees, and uh, that were getting ready to stone her. Brought her, but in the old the the Old right. Testament law was not bring her bring the woman to be stoned. Yeah, it was bring both of them to be stoned. Right. Yep. And even in that, within that, they were breaking those laws of of if someone is caught in adultery, you don't just kill one person. Yeah. You kill you kill both. And when you look at the Old Testament laws, especially compared to that time, they were very favor- favorable to women. Right. And they they put women at a high at a high standard. Yeah. I mean, you got to remember in this society, it, it it's very weird for us because we have come such a, a long way. And I believe that it's the teachings of Jesus that has yes. elevated women. 100%. And, and so um, for people to call Christianity misogynist, it's like, whoa, hold up a second. Yeah. Has it, has have people twisted scripture <laughs> in, in those kinds of ways? Yes. But Jesus elevated the status of women, and I believe even the Old Testament law, like you just said, Genesis 1, my goodness, women are created in the image of God. Yep. That is elevating the status of women 
Um, and you're exactly right. You see just how far off the Pharisees were, um, how how far into their culture, which the Roman culture, which really looked as, at women as property, looked at, at women as, you know, female children were considered disappointments yeah. <laughs> in a lot of ways. Um, you know, how they had fallen into that. And, and Jesus just like his father, you know, comes along and, 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 and sees this woman and, and, and forgives her and loves her. And he challenges her, sure, but uh, he doesn't leave her there. You know, he gets down into the mess with her. And it's a, it's a, I mean, it's a beautiful picture of just who Jesus is. Yeah. And when you, uh, when you look at, I, I mean, the last sermon I preached is like the people that Jesus was with the most were the people that were, were just so humble mm-hmm. were the people like he the people he loved and that he were the people that were at his feet who yeah. were the people that he was healing was the people that were just they were they were done they had yeah. nothing they had no other place to go all they could do is go to go to to go to the feet of jesus and it's like man this this woman was in the same yep. same spot um and and not only did he have mercy and grace on her he uh, he, uh, like you said, I think elevated and mm-hmm. consistently women throughout the whole Bible, yep. including her, right? Uh, by by saying, "Hey, it's not just her." Or to me, what it, it's not just her. They were breaking the law by trying to enforce the law, which is what the is what the they were so the Pharisees were so guilty of yep. all the time. Yeah, hundred percent. So, and as you look through the Old Testament laws, there's there's all kinds of of times where uh, women were were um, given equality with men and mm-hmm. were were raised up. Uh, it's the same thing with you had mentioned it before slavery. Yeah. Uh, and how the laws the laws in the Old Testament for slavery, being another part of being American mm-hmm. is that or being from America or whatever is that our view of what slavery is changes how we read the Old Testament. Right. Right. Uh, and because. The Old Testament uh, slavery was a lot different than what we see. Yeah. Like when the and what was terrible was they were using they used the Bible to oh my goodness they yeah. used the Bible to to say well look we we should be allowed to right to we should be allowed to have slaves mm-hmm. see the Bible says you can it doesn't say don't have them yeah I mean the Civil War was as much a theological war as it was a physical war yeah because both sides used the Bible yes. Yeah, both sides appeal to the Bible. Yeah, and the question was who's right. Yeah, and you know, that's well, and you see that you see today. that in today's culture also. Um, so, you know, you had I don't I don't know how deep you want to get into this, but in the Old Testament, you had um, slaves were not first of all slaves could not be returned to owners. Yeah, the Old Testament law was if someone was a slave, if they ran away, no one was allowed to take them back to their right. owners. Which is how is it? You're you're not a. It's not like a slave. You're caught. You can't leave. Yeah. Uh, after seven years, you, it would be it would be somebody who owed money. They couldn't pay it back. Right. They go into slavery. The expectation was that you take care of them. Yeah. And then after seven years, they're offered slavery or they're off, offered freedom, freedom and yeah. and all of their all of their bill or whatever they yeah. owed was they, they were freed from that. Yeah. They didn't owe that anymore. And uh, and they, so it was more of a bond mm-hmm. servant. That's why when you read in the Bible, it doesn't say slave. Mm-hmm. 
a lot of time. Notice Bibles don't say slaves. It says like servant or yeah. whatever because it's a lot different than what we would think of as slavery right. today. It was more of a, I'm in a bad spot and they would take you in. Mm-hmm. It was a social, it was to help people socially. Mm-hmm. Well, and I, I think this is, this is a conversation that I think people get a little uncomfortable with and I understand why, but we have to remember that the, that the Bible didn't just float down, <laughs> that it was written in the context of history, yep. in the context of cultures, yep. um, and that God, just like he does today, speaks to us in the midst of where we find ourselves, the culture we find ourselves. And I believe that God continues to push us forward. Um, think about, think about we might read slavery passages in the Old Testament today and say, I can't believe that there were even provisions for how to have slaves in the Bible. But look at how the rest of the world was doing slavery. How they're in, still doing the, it. Right. How, how the, has the Muslim community, for the most, in a lot of mm-hmm. areas, not not all, not everywhere, yeah. but where slavery today is still prominent and they're treated poorly. Mm-hmm. I mean, think about how the, the Israelites were treated in Egypt. Yeah. They were, they were there perpetually. There was no way to get out. They were born into it. Uh, they were mistreated by the pharaohs. They had their materials for building taken building taken away. Their children were killed. They're pulled out of a horrible circumstance, and God rewrites the rules for what that's supposed to look like, and changes it totally. And you even see that in in the Roman world. It's like, okay, well, here's what slavery looked like in Rome. Again, you see with Paul, masters treat your slaves well. Is that to say that the that the that 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 scripture affirms slavery? Not necessarily. I don't believe it does. But what I do think it, it's, it's a demonstration of, I don't believe the Israelites in the ancient Near East could have envisioned a society without slavery. I don't think Paul and the early Christians could have envisioned a society without slavery. But I believe the Spirit has led Christians throughout history to, to capture that vision. And we see the principles for how we're to treat people laid all the way back out in the Old Testament. So I know people get uncomfortable with cultural contextualization of scripture. And I do think you can go too far and you can say, well, everything's about culture and none of it matters. I don't think that's true, but I think we do ourselves a disservice. And I think we miss the point when we say you can't take any cultural truths into, you know, into, into play when you're talking about the Bible, because it, it just, it just was written together, written and put together and inspired. Yes. But assembled and put together and written in the midst of, Real historical situations. Yeah, and, and and Jesus even acknowledges this when he when he's talking about divorce. Right. He says he says he says God gave you the ability the old, and the Old Testament to divorce, not because it was good for you or right. not because he liked it. Right. No, from the very beginning we're supposed to be one. Yeah. Uh, and it's a beautiful picture of, of so many things. The, yeah. the that marriage is a beautiful picture of so many things. But he said, "Not I didn't do that because it was good or because he wanted to. He did it because you were so uh, so hard-hearted yeah. that you wouldn't even listen to somebody. That and it's like it changed. It changes everything completely. Mm-hmm. And you later on you see Paul saying, "Hey, you're you're a Christian. Let this Christian brother go. And yeah. and and, uh, uh-huh. and slavery yep. and uh, and." I think, I think the value. I think if you're looking at people as 
God's children, you innately see the what's wrong with slavery. Yeah. Without God, without God, where is what there is no wrong, there's nothing wrong with you, just two animals. Right. You know, and it and it changes the conversation completely. Yeah. Yeah. And and you know, we say all this really you know, there's a lot of conversations now about, you know, sort of the ramifications of slavery, even in our own, mm-hmm. in our own country and in our own, you know, um, and I, and, and to me, it's like, I, I believe all the division and the conversation and the pain from that is, is, a, is a clear example of why it is wrong. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, you know, and so it's, it's had its own unique story in our culture, uh, but it's not unique to our culture. And at the core of it is exactly what you said. It's the inability to see people as God's children. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I pray that that God continues to push us forward uh, in whatever ways that we still may say, you know, the same thing. Maybe it's not slavery, but, you know, whatever it may be, if we see people as less than God's children, I I pray that, as I believe the Spirit does, He continues to push us forward so that we can can grow and and become more like Christ for the better. He can soften our own hard hearts. Yeah. So when so if you're reading this in Ephesians and you get to that part and it's like whoa it it hits you they're going back to what we were talking about in, in Ephesians it's like whoa is it slavery here he's telling you to be submissive to your to slaves be submissive to your masters and it's it was a completely different thing number yeah. one it's yeah. not I'm not condoning it I'm right. by anybody or anything but it was a lot different than what we think of but also it is a beautiful picture of what Christ has told us to do it's like. Yeah. Hey, even in a situation that you're not happy in or yep. that you're struggling in, you need to be submissive and you should be loving and you should uh, you should do your best even in those yeah. in those situations. Yeah, yeah, it really challenges us, and it's mm-hmm. it's you know, I, I think one of the things we struggle with is we just we far often just give up too easy, you know. Yeah. In in relationships, at jobs, in marriages, you know, we just give up too quick, and uh, you know. Obviously, it's different if you're going through abuse or it's a, you know, some sort of, you know, where you're you're physically or mentally being just harmed and taken advantage. You know, that there, there, you know, there, there are contexts there that require further discussion. But, you know, in a lot of ways, I think we give up far too quick. And I think the message, you know, a lot of this is, is, you know what? Don't abandon each other. You know, stick with each other. Give yourself for one another because that is that beautiful image of, of what Christ has done for us. And see each other as God's children. Yeah, that would if we did that, that would that would end so many things. Yeah, I, I think it would change would, so much. It would change so much and change, uh, you know. But slavery is still alive and well in a lot of other countries, uh, with uh, with so many other countries, and even in America, there's places that uh, you know, Brittany and I support an organization that tries to tries to get people out of trafficking that yeah. gets people out of trafficking. Yeah. It's like, that's a real thing. A few years ago, you had the X on your hand yeah. thing and, yeah. and as, as a way to build awareness mm-hmm. of it and, and stuff. So that's still around. Yeah. And it's awful. And yeah. It's because people don't see other people as children of God. Yeah. Well, I don't, I don't know if you saw a, uh, uh, black widow, the last Marvel movie that just came I out not. about a month, month or two ago. But really, the whole movie was. That's kind of if you if you know the story of Black Widow, that's kind of her story. Okay. Um, and uh, she was kind of taken as a child. She was raised up in this, uh, 
trafficking. Yeah, it was very similar to this. It was she was raised up in this facility that oh, basically okay. trained young girls to be killers. Gotcha. Um, and so that that that's kind of her her background in story. But the movie itself um, was was a very like on the nose. Uh, effort, I I think, to raise awareness about human trafficking. Um, it was it was really really cool to see, uh, you know, a movie that that really sort of uh, displays the reality of that and takes such a strong stand against it. So I don't know if you haven't seen it. If you're a Marvel fan, I'd encourage you to check it out. But yeah, it, it's it's not something that's just gone away. You know, it's it's changed forms. Yeah. <laughs> um, which sin often does. Sin doesn't go away; it just adapts. Yeah. You say that with anything, you know. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, very, very, uh, very relevant, you know, even still today. Yeah. So hard, um, you know, the the submission part is something that's hard. I think it's hard for everybody to 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 take. Yeah. I think it's, sometimes it's hard to swallow, um, and a lot of times it's because you're you're trying to do your best to do what's what's right, yeah. and you're trying to do your best to do what you feel like God has called you to do. And there's times where, where you're really going to wrestle with, is this, is this what's best for me? Is this what's best for God? Mm-hmm. Um, is this my own selfishness or am I being, you know, am I, yeah. am I, am I being faithful to, to, to trying to do what God has wanted me to do? It's not something that there's just an easy answer right. to all those. And I think you can almost see that in the Bible. It's like if, if he just went through and listed all <laughs> the things, you know, every, mm-hmm. every area that, that you need to be, it would, it would just be an entire, you know, it'd take too long yeah. to, to even process. Yeah. But it's like, man, just keep fighting, go moving forward, being submissive, mm-hmm. be submissive to others, be submissive husbands, be submissive to your spouses, mm-hmm. wives, be submissive to your husbands, mm-hmm. uh, be submissive to others in the church, be yep. submissive to your government. Yeah. All these things where it's like, we, we should be submissive, uh, and, and, go in love mm-hmm. and think of love and what God, God has for us before anything else. Yeah. So, and that's really difficult. It uh, is. I mean, it's, it's incredibly difficult and, you know, I think it's okay for us to say, Hey, this is a hard teaching. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, they said that to Jesus, this is a hard yeah. teaching who can understand it. It's like, well, very few of us apparently, you know, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's important and it's something that, you know, I, I I really believe that sometimes, you know, we're invited to wrestle with the text and it's like, you know, God and Jacob out in the middle of the night, you know, hey, fight with me a bit, but I'm going to get you eventually. Yeah. And, and, and you know, maybe through that wrestling, uh, we can come to, as, as uh, Jacob did, to, uh, to know God a little bit better. Yeah. Yeah. Very interesting when you're looking at Ephesians and what mm. they were, what they were, the people he's writing this to, what they were going through, mm-hmm. and the uh, the immorality and the the teaching that was going on in Ephesus mm-hmm. uh, with the women priestess and yeah. uh, and all those type of things It's just very interesting to yeah. to look at the history of that. Uh, I, I felt like you did a good job on Sunday, you know, and Thanks. covered a what could be a really tough hot topic, yeah, <laughs> uh, or that could come off as uh, as as both being over, you know, being not sympathetic to women or or to anybody else or to uh, or to be the other way to say that there's not any roles or that we aren't mm-hmm. 
that or that that we're not different that we're yeah. not that that we aren't created with different yeah uh, abilities and different bodies or whatever yeah. it is like that's a tough line to yeah that's a tough line to walk well i i feel like a lot of christian history is just the pendulum swinging too far one way mm-hmm. and then it's an overreaction back the other way and personally i feel like interpretations of scripture that state that there are 100% defined roles for both men and women and they can't cross over. I feel like that is swinging the pendulum too far one way because I just don't, I don't believe we see that distinction in scripture. I know there are some things that Paul says that are a little tough, but again, if you look at the examples and what actually happened, there were men and women leading, teaching, uh, all these things. So again, it's like, okay, well, what was going on in the specific Corinth and Ephesus? You already mentioned you know, the temple of Artemis was mostly led by women priests in Ephesus. And where Paul says one of the things about, hey, women should be quiet, it's talking to Timothy, who is in Ephesus, dealing with a city where the most powerful religious uh, cult in the city is ran by women priests who took all authority over men in terms of the religious leadership in the city. It makes sense then why Paul might say, hey, Let's not make your church look like yeah. Artemis's church. You know what I'm saying? Um, but yeah, it's a. Uh, it, I lost my train of thought there, but it, it it to say that that makes it so there's no, you know, to set a hard line on everything else. It ignores all the other examples in the te- Bible in the Old Testament mm-hmm. of strong women mm-hmm. uh, who who led and who mm-hmm. were there and who did amazing things, whether, uh, whether it's Deborah, yeah. whether it's Holda, the prophetess. Yep. Uh, you have, uh, uh, Mo- uh Moses, sister, Miriam, Miriam, yep. mm-hmm. yep. <laughs> Miriam, I blanked, but Miriam, <laughs> uh, all these people, leaders and, and things. And so I, you don't want to ignore, you don't ignore the rest of the Bible. Right. To, to zone in on one or two verses, yeah. uh, you, you use those in context yeah. and, and, and move outward. Uh, yeah. and, and being willing to say, to humble yourself and say, I don't have to be, the, I don't have to be that. Right. Like, I, I don't, David Springer does not have to be a leader in right. this church. Yep. I, I, I do not need to be a leader. I do not need to be a minister. I just need to be humble and mm-hmm. I need to serve God. Yeah. And, and. Everything else will will fall into place. Yeah, it will work itself you know, out. If I if I stay humble, if I if I put others first, everything else will fall yeah. in place. If you do that, what's interesting is if you humble yourself, you will be a leader. Yeah, which you will be is, a good leader at least. You will be a good leader, <laughs> yeah. and may and maybe not in office, maybe not, mm-hmm. but you will be you will be you will be a leader in that and mm-hmm. and uh, wherever whatever situation you yeah. are. Um, and, uh, which is, it's also an encouragement for if you feel like you're doing that and you're not giving, being given your, mm-hmm. your fair, yeah, your, your recognition. Yes. Your recognition. Remember, it's not about your recognition yeah. and, and not, and that's, I'm not making that a, a, a man or what I'm saying right. for anybody in any situation, humbleness is, is what God has called us to do. Yep. And, uh, and our our reward is not here and right. if it is here 
that's a waste. You don't yep. want to be said. He said, "Don't get, don't, don't take your reward here. Yep. Right. Uh, if you if you get praise for it here, that's your reward." Mm-hmm. And it's like, I would rather my reward <laughs> come later. Yeah, I'd rather it last forever. <laughs> yes, yeah. me too. Well, and I, I know we're running short on time here, but I'll mm-hmm. say this real quick in terms of that pendulum thing. We said we we feel like people take have taken too hard a stance. Some have taken too hard a stance. Well, then to swing the pendulum back the total other way yeah. and say there is no difference, there is no distinction. It's yeah. like, well, I think that's too far, too. Yes. Um, we are different. And and even, you know, you, you, the physical aspect of that, yes. Um, but even just go to, like, you know, hormonal characteristics. And, and I know that you can paint with a really broad brush there. Um, but just... We are we are biologically wired differently, mm-hmm. um, and one is not superior or lesser than the other. It's like you need kind of both of that, yep. uh, you know, both of those um, dispositions. You know, the, the, and 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 unfortunately, I think in our society, for so long, uh, you know, women have kind of felt like they've had to act like tough men to get ahead because that was the situation we put them in. Um, and, and now I think maybe even culturally the pendulum has swung back the other way where we we're trying to tell men in some ways, Hey, don't, don't act like men. And it's like, guys, Hey, look, there, there, there are positive ways to act like a man and woman and there are negative ways, you know, and, and whether you want to use the word toxic or whatever, it's like, there's good and bad, but ultimately, regardless of all that, let's try and look like Jesus and the rest of it should work itself out. Yeah. Yep. I agree. Well put. Um, so we went long today. Yeah, sorry. It was, it was a good one. Uh, but uh, there's just, my so goodness, much. there's so much in just that that one chapter. It's like you could, we could, you could probably do a series on that whole, um, uh, you probably do a whole series just on that chapter. And I bet there have been a lot of plenty of people who have. Yep. Yeah. So, yep. and, uh, and so, uh, but, we are excited. Last, this is the upcoming week is the last week of this series and covering Ephesians six, correct? Yep, yep. And um, this week we'll talk about the armor of God. The armor of God. Yeah. Yes. This well, the adults will be talking yeah, about the, the armor will. of God, uh, and uh, and the, the children children will be talking about being submissive to one another. Yeah. You want to uh, break down the historical context of slavery in the ancient Near East for the four year olds? Yeah. This week? That, yeah. That's that's that, yeah. That's what I'm doing. Okay. Uh, perfect. Yeah. Cool. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah. yeah. No, I will not be doing that. <laughs> so I, I think we will be washing Jesus's or Jesus washing his disciples' feet, which is another amazing sign mm-hmm. of humbleness, yep. which we should have. So, and I'm trying to be humble enough to say, "Wow, David, you messed this one up. <laughs> you, you skipped a week." <laughs> so, but uh, well, I, I, we hope you guys have a great week. Thank you for joining in. Yep. Uh, and uh, thank you for for wrestling with this stuff. It's, it, I know sometimes it's hard. Uh, we, and you may not agree with us on everything right. and, and that's okay. We, uh, like I, said, I think we said last week, we don't always agree with each other, right? but we can, we can be humble enough and we can be loving enough and Christ-like enough to say, that's okay. Yep. You know, that's okay. And, uh, and to move forward. So, but, uh, I hope you guys have a great week. We love you. Yep. Most, most importantly, Christ loves you, and uh, we hope you guys uh, walk in this that love this week. Yep. Bye, guys. Bye.